good afternoon, evening, or morning. This is your old Uncle Mosh with Raiders Fan Radio, and you are in for a treat. Sit back and get ready to listen to one of the most insanely knowledgeable people you will ever meet talk about our beloved Raiders. Another episode coming your way of Silver and Black Flashback by Rich Schmelter, the author of the Raiders Encyclopedia. Thank you so much, as always, Uncle Mosh, for that awesome intro. Love you, my Raider brother. And never to be left out is my other Raider brother, Murph, the king of all Raider podcasts. Thanks so much for the great opportunity you give me to be a part of Raiders Fan Radio. I just love it so much. Also, thank you for giving me the chance to be a part of a network that helps out so many through the One Nation Foundation that benefits Raiders-related charities. And to all my silver and black brothers and sisters listening around the world, I am proud as hell to bring you stories of the people and moments that help make our Raiders history so glorious. All right, Raider Nation, let's get to sharing some more time together with this episode of Silver and Black Flashback. Throughout our team's glorious and colorful history, there have been wide receivers that dazzled legions of fans with their brilliant pass-catching abilities and gave opposing defenses nightmares. Fred Bolitnikoff, Cliff Branch, and Tim Brown amazed all that saw their abilities, and they all found their way into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But a founding father of all those that hauled in passes while wearing the silver and black was another great receiver who should have a bust in the Hall of Fame. And his name was Art Powell, the first great wide receiver in team history. Arthur Lewis Powell was born on February 25, 1937 in Dallas, Texas, into a family of athletes. His father, Elvin, was a tennis champion in Texas, a scratch golfer, and once played baseball with the great pitcher Satchel Paige, one of the greatest Negro League players of all time. Elvin, along with his wife and large family of nine children, all moved out to San Diego, California, and it was in the Golden State that Art Powell and his siblings made names for themselves as star athletes. Art's older brother, Charlie, who also played for the Raiders in 1960 and 61, earned an incredible 12 varsity letters while at San Diego High School. Ellsworth was a standout basketball player, and Art's younger brother, Jerry, was the San Diego Section Football Player of the Year at Lincoln High School. While growing up in the Logan Heights district of San Diego, Art Powell got his athletic inspiration from Augie Escamilla, an energetic and encouraging coach at the Boys Club on Marcy Avenue, where the playing fields were known as 40 Acres. It was there that Art received his early athletic development. It was then on to San Diego High School, a big school loaded with talented athletes, but Art stood out above them all. However, Art almost quit high school football when head coach Dwayne Malley brought him up from the junior varsity team, but did not use him in games all that much. It was then that he thought about quitting the team until the quarterback, Pete Gamina, pleaded with him to stay on the team. Now, wherever life's path took Mr. Gamina might be unknown, but the Raiders organization and all those that witnessed Powell's brilliance during his time in Oakland thank him for getting Art to keep playing football. In 1954, Wearing the blue and white of the San Diego Cavers, 
Powell led the football team to a league championship by a close 7-0 margin over a tough San Diego Hoover team. A broken toe then forced him to miss a playoff game, which San Diego lost to Santa Monica by a mere 14-13 margin. Powell was easily named to the All-Southern California team, and then it was off to dazzle the crowds on the basketball court as a star guard for head coach Merrill Douglas. Powell was just as dominant on the basketball court and led the team to much success on the way to earning the City League Player of the Year award. College offers from schools in the Pacific Coast Conference were presented to Art, but his grades did not meet their standards. In an effort to improve those grades, he first attended San Diego Junior College. His brilliant athletic skills continued on the college level, as he earned Junior College All-America honors in football in 1955, and in basketball, he averaged more than 30 points a game, and that even attracted the attention of the Harlem Globetrotters, but Art had other plans for himself. In February of 1956, Powell decided to drop out of junior college and enroll at San Jose State. Playing halfback, he led the nation with 40 pass receptions for 583 yards in 1956. It proved to be the fewest receptions of any leader in that category since 1948, and he was also the first backfield player since 1940 to receive that honor. He also played basketball and ran track in college. It was then another abrupt ending that ended Powell's time at San Jose State. On February 1, 1957, it was announced that the 20-year-old sophomore was leaving college to play professionally in the Canadian Football League. It was claimed by his basketball teammates that he talked about financial problems and planned to leave college to go to work. In an effort to draw interest in himself, Powell sent a letter to the Toronto Argonauts informing them that he was quitting school and wanted to play professional football. At the time, he was still too young to be eligible to play in the National Football League, so the CFL seemed like the perfect fit for the 20-year-old. After looking into Powell's athletic background, the Toronto team came away very impressed and signed him to a contract in 1957. Powell then went on to catch 33 passes and score five touchdowns in 1957, but at the halfway point of the season, he asked to be released after Toronto lost five straight games. He then finished that season off with the Montreal Alouettes before being released by that team. Now during this time, players were required to play on both sides of the ball, and while Powell's pass-catching abilities were never in doubt, it was his defensive performance that raised questions, and also his overall effort caused concern. Still, Art managed to get re-signed by Toronto in 1958. He knew that he did not make a good impression, and his attitude was not all that well received. And for those reasons, he looked for a chance to improve on his shortcomings. Even though he tried to correct the wrongs, Toronto still released him during the preseason, and two other tryouts with CFL teams did not work out. The good news for Art at this time was the fact that he was now of age to play in the NFL and the Philadelphia Eagles selected him in the 11th round of the NFL draft after his coach at San Jose State wrote Philadelphia's head coach Buck Shaw a letter of recommendation on his behalf. Powell's career with the Philadelphia Eagles started off very well in 1959. For a time during the season, he led the league in kickoff and punt return average and even improved on his skills as a defensive back by intercepting three passes from his safety position. Yet, despite his talent on the field, 
Off the field, he had problems. He was fined twice for breaking curfew and got into an argument with an assistant coach over a play. Unfortunately, during this time in history, segregation was still a way of life in many parts of America. And on a trip to Virginia for an exhibition game, it was required that the African-American players stay in separate living quarters. Powell refused, claiming that he grew up in an integrated neighborhood in San Diego and he was not about to give in to segregation now. The Eagles then released him on August 27, 1960, possibly covering up the events in Virginia by saying that he was released due to late-night partying and showing up overweight in training camp and lacking the desire in two preseason games. Yes, folks, cover-ups go back a long way. Well, regardless of his rough times in Canada and in the NFL, the newly formed American Football League was founded in 1960, and Art Powell's right there to jumpstart his professional career. And did he ever. In fact, one week after being released by the Eagles, Art had four touchdowns in an exhibition game against Buffalo as a member of the New York Titans. And along with future Hall of Fame receiver Don Maynard, Powell had over 1,000 yards receiving to become the first receiving duo from the same team in pro football history to both top the 1,000-yard barrier in one season. During his time in New York, Art led the Titans in receptions and earned the reputation as a scoring threat from anywhere on the field. His talents while with the Titans did not go unnoticed by the American Football League. In 1960, he earned first-team All-AFL honors and led the league in receiving touchdowns with 14. And in 1962, he was selected All-AFL second team and led the league with 1,130 receiving yards. Despite those three great seasons with the New York Titans from 1960 through 1962, Powell was looking to move on due to the team suffering from financial problems. By this time of his career, in addition to earning a reputation as an explosive weapon, Powell also had a reputation as a headstrong, independent thinker who would not conform to social norms at the time of the turbulent 60s when race wars were going on. He constantly challenged rules because he was just looking for equality. However, like so many times throughout Raider history, none of that mattered to Al Davis. He was looking for a game-breaking wide receiver to attack defenses in his first year as head coach in 1963, and Art Powell was his choice. Mr. Davis did not care about a man's status on the social register. He was willing to give a player a chance at a new beginning, and for that, he usually got great results as those guys played their asses off for him. Such was the case with Art Powell, who came to the Raiders as their first truly bona fide renegade. In four seasons with the Raiders, the gifted receiver found a home after getting a badass reputation in other places. In fact, Mr. Davis even stepped in on one occasion when social injustice reared its ugly head when the Raiders were set to play an exhibition game in Alabama. When it was learned that there would be segregated seating inside the stadium, Powell, along with teammates Bo Roberson, Clem Daniels, and Fred Williamson, refused to play due to such injustice. Al Davis then moved the game back to Oakland and never scheduled another game in the South during Powell's time with the team. Powell also lived up to his reputation as an offensive powerhouse, quickly establishing himself as the Raiders' first game-breaking deep threat. 
at six foot two inches tall and 212 pounds and possessing a blazing speed of 9.7 seconds in the 100-yard dash, Powell was a physical marvel. With a great set of hands, the graceful stride of a sprinter, and size and strength to match, he was able to dominate any defensive back in the league. In 1963, he did just that by catching 73 passes for 1,304 yards and 16 touchdowns. He became a true team leader, and three out of his four seasons with the Raiders saw him top the 1,000-yard receiving mark. And from 1963 to 1966, he caught 254 passes for 4,491 yards and 50 touchdowns in 56 games as a Raider. With the Raiders, he earned his second All-AFL First Team honors in 1963, while also leading the league in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns. Second Team All-AFL honors came his way from 1964 through 1966, and he was an All-AFL All-Star four straight seasons from 1963 to 1966. After the American Football League completed its 10-year existence before merging with the NFL starting in 1970, Art Powell was an easy selection to receive one final honor by the league, with that being election onto the all-time AFL team. Powell requested to be traded to Buffalo so that he could pursue business opportunities in Toronto. And eventually, his request was granted on March 14, 1967, when he was sent to the Buffalo Bills along with quarterback Tom Flores in exchange for quarterback Darrell the Mad Bomber LaMonica and wide receiver Glenn Bass. He was released by the Bills in August 1968 and got into one game with the Minnesota Vikings in 1968, but was released when the team brought up a player from the practice squad. But what a career Art Powell had. In all, he caught 479 passes for 8,046 yards, which averaged out to 16.8 yards per catch and scored 81 touchdowns. And hello, Hall of Fame! It is time to make Art Powell a member of the Games Immortals. It is well-deserved and very overdue. Years after his retirement from football, Art Powell owned the Indo-American Oil Company in California and was honored by his hometown with induction into the San Diego Hall of Fame, honoring those in the world of sports. He was also inducted into the Boys and Girls Club of San Diego Hall of Fame for his community service work. Art Powell died on April 6th 2015 in California at age 78, but his legacy as a Raider will always be a major part of the team's history. He still ranks high among the team's all-time receivers, and once again, Hall of Fame, please do Mr. Powell right by enshrining him soon. Mr. Powell was not only the first explosive receiver in Raider history, but also a believer in social change. Thank you, sir, for your desire to help make things more harmonious back at a time when you had to endure so much injustice. And that concludes this episode of Silver and Black Flashback. And as always, respect goes out to all my Raider brothers and sisters listening around the world. We truly are a family forever bonded by our love for the greatest professional football team in history. Also, I want to give out some respect to a great friend of mine and a great friend of the show, Jeff Porcinellic. Now, Jeff is not only an outstanding person, but also possesses an excellent creative mind, which he used to create the cover of my soon-to-be-released Championship Diary Series project, 
with the premier issue being about our Raiders Super Bowl 18 victory. And Raider Nation, thanks to Jeff, the cover is awesome, as are all of his other ones for more of my projects. You are the best, my man. And with that, I will close out our time together like I always do with the words I embrace every day. So until the next time we get back together once again on Silver and Black Flashback, here it comes. Love you, Raider Nation. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.